Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning and welcome to NAPWIC Talks Wednesday and thank you for joining us as always. I am Jada Williams, your national NAPWIC Radio Talks Chair. I ask that you please like, follow, and share on all your social media platforms. And of course, as you just heard, head over to www.nabwick.org because we are, as you already know it, we are the voice of black women in construction. So let's get into it this Nabwick Talk Wednesday. Um, Have you ever wondered if your business was ready to do business with the government? Have you ever been curious about how you would qualify or what are the requirements for doing business in the federal government space? Well, today we are going to take an inside look at what businesses need to get started in the government contracting arena with Ms. Deborah Thompson, who is the founder and CEO of DKT Consultant, Inc., So as we listen in today, I would like for you to please engage with us, share your thoughts, experiences, or questions that you may have. All you have to do is press 1 on your phone. So let's go ahead and listen in to Ms. Deborah Thompson as we go into our next commercial break. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 
or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. Good morning, everyone. Um, I appreciate you allowing me to present to you today some of my experience and uh, some of the training that I've gone through on developing your business with federal, state, and local governments. But um, can I have a show of hands of how many people are already certified? Certified in any way. These are social certifications I want to talk to you about today. They are not any certifications for any specific type of um, uh, trade or any of your professions. These are merely social certifications that we're talking about. So to develop your business with federal, state, and local governments, will you be ready to perform when, you, when the call comes? You have been awarded. The networking piece of this is for you to make sure that you know how to research um, the various networking events that are in your community. Go to those because they will prepare you to um, do a lot of these things, and we'll talk about some of the entities that put on these special events as we go along. But these are some of the networking activities that you should have already in your toolbox before you get there. You need to resource who the uh, agency is, if it's a corporation or a government entity, and be prepared before you go. Decide on if this is a fit for you. You don't want to go to all of them. We used to run around to every event that was out there in the community, and some of them related to what we were doing. Some of them did not. But after a while, you find out which ones fit you. So, But if you do a little research prior to, you won't have to go running around like we did. You attend the event, but you want to attend with a purpose in mind. You want to solicit introductions, listen to others, and engage only a the few people that you know in that room that might be um, who you might want to engage with. So networking is very important. The next part of getting ready to be certified is contracting. And I'm going to go through a series of things right quickly with you. And I, if you remember early on, uh, the main speaker talked to us about defining your product identified by its next code. And if I could just have a quick show of hands of everybody that knows what their NACS code is. In the SBA's process, we use a primary NACS code, and then we can list any series of other NACS codes. And those NACS codes identify the specific work product or service area that we want to work in. So you would do that so that that will guide you, especially in that governmental entity, where you're going. Um, you need to make sure that if you're going to contract that you can meet the requirements, specifications, and the scope of work. For any of you that have ever done any type of um, contracting, contracts are awarded to people based on their requirements, the specifications of the uh, requirement, and the scope of services. You need to be registered in the government portal for the area that you want to work in, if it's federal, state, or government, and then we'll go through all of those. The main one for the federal government is SAM.gov. You can get to any governmental agency from that. After you leave that area, you can also become GSA pre-qualified. That's really like a pre-qualifying entity. You want to register your business. If you're going into government contracting or corporate contracting, you want to register your business with the entity and the registration comes before your certification. 
if certification is appropriate for you, if your industry is going to be represented, if a trade or a profession within that industry is going to be um, presented, then you know you want to be certified. Okay, you want to research through websites. There are websites now. We used to have to go through books, newspapers, the Commerce Business Daily, and the Federal Register to find contracts. These things are very easy for you now because they're all online. You can go to a specific website for your federal, state, or local government and find opportunities to do business with the federal government. You need to introduce yourself to a specific buyer if you're going to do contracting. And you do that in the corporate as well as in the government sector. And when I say the buyer, that is the person who's putting out the proposal. A lot of times on the corporate side, that's your project manager, and especially in the construction industry. And then you respond to requests. This morning, our speaker also mentioned something called sources sought. And I don't know how many of you know what a source of thought is, but on FedBizOps, which is also now beta.sam.gov, is where they list all of the federal contracts. Those contracts go through a series of processes before they become contracts. So um, what we need to know and understand is what the procedures and the processes are and the systems that you have to register in to start the process. Every department, every agency, or every administration of the federal government will go through SAM.gov. In your local area, you need to specifically look for it, and I'll break this out, and I did put your um, uh, areas in here that I knew of that were going to be represented here today, but each area is going to be, um, uh, uh, I mean, each section of government, our level of government, you have to decide where you want to work, if you want to be federal, state, or um, local. One thing about Memphis that came out in the presentation on the opening is that LaShawn, was that you doing the Memphis um, event? Yes, ma'am. That was me. Okay. Did you notice that in that pre presentation, you pointed out to us that you have two mayors. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, we have what we call a consolidated government. And I think Miami has the same. We only have one mayor. But in some areas, you do have a breakout of a city and county government. And you have a leader uh, that's called the mayor or the, um, I forgot what else we might have called them, uh, we used to call commissioner in these areas. So you will have two local registration and uh, 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 procurement processes. So we want to learn and understand where you are, what city, state, federal government is, and how it's all, uh, how the hierarchy looks, how that, uh, uh, what do you call it, organizational chart looks for your area. Just to give you a little bit about myself, my first business was merely a little part-time, um, try to make some extra money. But in 1976, I did formalize my business to the point to where I pulled my first federal contract through the Department of Housing and Urban Development. I was a mortgage broker, and as a mortgage broker, I also went online, and this was a small contract that we call simplified acquisition contracts, which are contracts that you do have to provide a quote on, and it is with the lowest bidder, but by the same token, you do not have to put in a formal uh, uh, proposal. So what we had to do was present our presentations, and I put in the presentation and we won. But there were about several of us that were picked for that project because they needed 
a volume of underwriters. And what I did was put together, and they gave us a purchase order. And I used my mortgage brokerage experience to become a fee underwriter for HUD on its direct and indirect mortgages. And for those of you in the housing industry, you might um, understand that. While I still worked in a full-time job as a consultant and counselor doing small business loans under the Urban League's Economic Development Program. But in 2007, I tried to formalize it again and actually pull a license with the city of Jacksonville. And I started marketing myself and working with engineers and all this kind of thing because I had a background in construction only because we did a rehabilitation program. I was always on the program side. So now I am an 8A contractor. So I've used my consulting experience to uh, put together all of the things that I know how to do, which is a lot of stuff. But as Ann said, we need to concentrate. And in, uh, 19, in the 1990s, I had an opportunity to go to FDOT, and then I started concentrating again in construction, but now in the transportation mode. So who can do business and get government contracts. Anybody can do that. You can do it as an individual. You can do it as a self-employed person. You can do it as an independent contractor, or you can do it as a full-blown corporation. The, sometimes the structure that you choose will determine the size project that you have and that you can handle as a prime contractor. So you wanna look whether or not your business is eligible to do business with the government. You want to do that and make sure that you have products and services to sell. We, uh, uh, in the government contracting arena, you very seldom work with nonprofit organizations, but in the government, you also get grants through the government agency that, again, turns into contracts. That's a whole different story. We want to stick with for-profit individuals. It normally requires for you to do business with government. They want to show a track record. That's why they ask you for at least two years of productivity where you actually can prove that you have done, that you have sold a product or service and you receive a fee. It can, requ can require that you also show them past performance and document that past performance. Just like you do on a resume, you have to document what you have done and then you have to show proof of that. And uh, you should show financial capability by showing your tax returns, uh, financial statements, financial projections sometimes. And in the SBA world, they like for you to show them invoices, contracts, and payments that you have received. Okay, you have to show them also that you have the process, you have the uh, capacity to perform, and that you have staff, and that you have subcontractors, employees, that you've got a crew that can work on a project. And a lot of times in the SBA world, they require that you show them payroll records because they want to make sure that you are the individual that knows and understands and you are the responsible party. Okay, where do you fit in the continuum of doing business with the government? Well, in the private sector, corporations and commercial are in the government section. So I've got two things here for you to look at. A lot of us... Uh, a lot of us, when we start our business, we sell directly to individuals. And we heard um, 
someone speak earlier on as to those people who provide direct services to customers, like our hair salons and our um, barber shops or our grocery stores and our drug stores and those kind of things. That's a customer, individual customer relationship where you have to go deal with those individuals directly by promoting your product services through advertising or however you do that. The corporate and commercial customers normally come in a little more volume. You get those by referrals, becoming registered as a qualified vendor on their website now. You used to have to fill out paper forms to become uh, in their database. And then when you move over to the government arena, it becomes more formalized. The government clients are normally gained through formal legislative processes, procedures, and standards set up in a systematic system that the government has already. And those at the federal level are, are controlled by the FAR, the DFAR, and the MIS. And at the state and local level, you have state laws, you have uh, and county and city laws. And those laws then are pushed into administrative rules and regulations that our staff at the city government pushes out through its procurement office to decide on how a product or service is going to be procured by that agency of the government from individuals, companies, suppliers, and vendors out in the community. The federal government procurement requirements, a lot of times these requirements are all set up in the administrative rules of each of the government's departments, its departments, administrations, and agencies. And each of these agencies take the FAR as their governing uh, entity to pull out their specific rules and regulations that go along with whatever product or service they're trying to procure. They make offers for services, and those services, again, require that you be registered in SAM.gov. Uh, I don't know how many of you are in the federal arena right now, but that's, uh, SAM.gov is going to be where you put all of your information about your company. When you sit down to do that registration, you need to then say and have within, right within your immediate surrounding, all of the numbers that you're going to need, telephone numbers, uh, documentation, because you will have to key that information in. Again, you'll be talking about volume. You'll be talking about things that require that you have a, a, a capacity at a much larger level than you before. You have to also look at what the re procurement requirements are for that particular agency. I work with the Federal Aviation Authority, and they do not follow the FAR. They have their own set of rules and regulations because they're um, a civil as well as a governmental entity. They're like a quasi. Just wanted to let you all know, again, we're looking at the different areas that we know of, that I knew of, that we have clients in, uh, that we have members in. And that's Florida. We have an area and a chapter, our area development in Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa, and Orlando. For those people, you go to your state to register at my Florida Marketplace in Miami. You can go to the city of Miami. And then you also have a school board there. There's an independent authority that you can register with. 
in Jacksonville, it's a different city. We have a consolidated government, and they're trying to push everything under one umbrella, and that's a very complicated process, but I won't go through it in detail. Then you have Tampa and Orlando in Georgia. We've worked with the Atlanta area. In Tennessee, we are now learning Memphis. And again, I did point out to you, you need to know and understand that in Memphis, you've got two levels of government. You've got a county government and a city government. So you want to make sure that in that procurement process, it may have some different procurement section. And in Detroit, uh, under Michigan, Washington, D.C., is trying to be a state now, so some of their rules and regulations may change. Right. Social certifications for corporate, commercial, and government contracting. To give you just a brief history about the certification process, this social certification does not say that you know, that you know how to do what you're doing. That's your profession. You have to bring your uh, a resume. You have to bring your degrees. You have to bring your licenses if you have a, in a license field in the construction industry. But this social certification that we're all talking about here has to do with whether or not you fall into what we call a presumed racial category that has been systematically discriminated against on, over, the, over a period of years. We also have a classification now in the uh, federal arena that allows um, genders, white females, to have a separate category, uh, and Caucasian males, if they're small and under a certain income group, as far as revenue generation and net worth. The program also um, assists those businesses that are falling into different categories now uh, that deal with not only race, uh, but they deal with uh, uh, sex and gender, and they're dealing with their uh, um, veteran status. Okay, next slide. Uh, social certifications of the, uh, for, for our um, corporations, again, you decide on which corporation you want to do business with or which set of corporations, and you go in, you number one, register as a vendor on their section. Some of them now use the Minority Supplier Development Council as a third-party certifier that tells them that you are a minority. Whenever you do a registration of any government, you must also put in your IRS I-9 form, which tells them what your tax ID number is, as well as who, who it is associated with. Again, if you want to be ready to do business with the federal government, you go to SAM.gov, and then if you want to be certified, you go to the Small Business Administration Certified, uh, what is it called, Certified.sba, and you can register to become certified as an 8A contractor, a hub zone contractor, a women-owned contractor, a women-owned small disadvantaged, a veteran-owned, which is a self-certification, and uh, service disabled veterans. Okay, next slide. Next slide. You have to be willing to go online and register. The first process is to register as a vendor. That information, all you need is to have is your name of your business, what you do, and that kind of thing. There are always a set of attachments that need to go with your certification. Go back to attachments, Jackie. Attachments. Be ready to have all of the attachments that they have. Sometimes they ask you to upload them. Sometimes they just ask you to uh, uh, um, tell them that you have them, and they'll ask for them later. The first set of, uh, of attachments generally deal with your standard, and all of them will be asking you that. If you go into other areas, the second set would be dealing with your technical or professional level of, them, of um, information, put all your licenses on the table. The next one relates to your capacity. How big are you? How, what's the largest project? And they'll ask you for the five list of projects. 
your financial capability. You got to have a bank account. You got to have somebody in that bank account. And sometimes they declare what level you need to have it at based on the project. Your past performance, did you also hear the uh, main speaker talking to us about uh, past performance in the CPAR? Did everybody know what she was talking about? That's your past performance record in the SBA and the small, I mean, and the um, federal system. Whenever you do a business with the federal government, over a certain amount, that past performance is then taken into consideration and put into the federal system where all the other federal contractors can go into that system and see that you have been on a job before, how well you performed, and what the evaluation of that did. The final set will deal with your industry, whatever's happening there. Okay, next, Jackie. Uh, okay, be ready to do what you have to do. When you want to work with the corporate, commercial side, or if you want to work with government, you've got to have all of your credentials, all of your documents, all of your attachments ready to go. In the form now, this is another thing that's coming up now with all of this digital, you've got to have it in a form. They'll sometimes dictate to you that they want everything in PDF. I don't know if anybody's run into that. You cannot send it through those systems if it's a Word document. It'll kick it out. Some of these, doc, some of these um, intel, what do you call them, uh, artificial intelligence now, this, it's back on compute. It's almost like the guy lost his faith. It does not compute. The computer goes crazy. So you need to have your 10, your Dun & Bradstreet number. For those of you who don't know how to get that, we can help you do that here. You want to stand up as a prime contractor. The best way to start is with simplified acquisitions. And those are those uh, acquisitions under $100,000, and normally they are under $25,000. Right now, it's because of COVID, they've gone much higher. Make sure that everybody on your team is willing to participate. One of the worst things to do is to have a partner or another owner in the business, normally their wives and husbands, that does not want to go forth with what you're doing, because you have to pledge a lot of your assets sometimes when you start your own business, and you need other people's help. Um, if you need assistance, there are free services out there, and some of them are WeBank, National, Supply, National Minority Supplier Development Council, the Minority Business Development Agency, the uh, PTECs, um, Small Business Development Centers, MBDA, and your Small Business Administration's Office. You should also look into your local areas, cities, and counties, because these um, entities that I just mentioned to you also sub subcontracts to individuals like you and myself and other little agencies like your urban leagues, your NAACP, your Northeast, I mean your Florida community action agencies, um, and all these other little nonprofits that are out there that have set themselves up to be technical assistance providers. So with that in a nutshell, if we have time for questions, that's my presentation. Wow, what a powerhouse all by herself. Thank you again for Ms. Deborah Thompson, founder and CEO of DKT Consulting, Inc., for sharing your expertise with us this morning. So I hope you guys were taking notes. If you were not able to take notes because you was driving, don't worry about it. You can always come back and listen to the recording. And moving forward, as a member Please take advantage of your member benefits because Ms. Deborah Thompson will be our August presenter on our monthly leadership training. So that's an opportunity.
for you to one-on-one engage with Ms. Deborah Thompson. We also, for the month of August, we will have our billion-dollar luncheon, which you always know is always the second Wednesday of the month. So, Ms. Deborah is actually in the studio, like she said, and available to answer any questions. And you have the opportunity to maybe share with us and Ms. Deborah some of your experiences. So I encourage you to please press 1 on your phone or continue to text or send in your email statements, and we will make sure they are expressed over the line. So, again, just press 1 on your phone while we go through this commercial break, and we'll step back in the studio with live conversation from Ms. Deborah Thompson. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. So, good morning, Ms. Deborah. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm beautiful. And Marvie, just listening to you, because you are a powerhouse. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your kind words. I hope I was helpful. I know I was speeding through everything, but um, just wanted to make sure that people kind of understand what is expected when they're trying to um, go into the government sector or even in the corporate world. We just have to act like corporate people. And many of us are trained by these corporations to do exactly what you come out and do on your own. So just take that experience and move forward with it. Yes, of course, and thank you always. So let's check the studios because I know we might have an opportunity to um, check and see if, of course, Miss Ann McNeil, the master builder herself, is in the studio, and also check in with Miss Ursula in the studio to um, see who wants to step in and speak live with us. Ms. Esther, what's going on? I mean, I'm sorry. Good morning. I'm sorry. Good morning, Jada and McNeil. I was speaking on mute while you were talking, so my apologies. Thank you. I'll yield to Ursula. I was just checking with Ms. Ursula again on the studio, so thank you so much. Go ahead, Ms. Ann. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the show again, Ursula, Jada. Wonderful, wonderful job. Deborah Thompson, the queen of NABWIC. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are, you don't know, uh, Deborah is an awesome, awesome example of NABWIC member benefits. And Deborah, what I'd like to ask you, if you would please 
be willing to share a little, and I know we're, you know, we're past the time, but if you don't mind, if you can share a benefit that the NABWIC membership has blessed you and enabled you to experience many of the opportunities that you've shared in the public and private sector. Because if I recall, back in the day, you came out of a not-for-profit background. And for you right now to be one of our fastest-growing members in the public sector, I think would be very beneficial for the world to hear any benefit that you'd like to share about the NABWIC membership benefit and the value it brings to your business. Well, thank you so very much, Ann, and I would just like to thank you for dragging me along. Um, I'm not very much of a member person, but I've learned to be that. I've always wanted to be a mentor, always wanted to coach and help especially women and black women, do what they do and do it as professionally as they can. The NABWIC experience for me has allowed me to do just that. I have met women and men from all over the country through this organization, and it has allowed me to to expand. I mean, my voice is heard nationally. I've sat on various panels representing NABWIC when I was the uh, president and had the opportunity to meet some very exciting, some very talented women throughout this country. And sometimes we are not able to get into the process as easily as we think we can. Even coming out of corporate America, coming out of some of these um, local communities and nonprofits, you know people, but you may not know the right people. So Maverick has been the portal or the platform that has allowed me and my company to meet with individuals um, at a different level, um, to meet with um, others from other organizations, to partner with those organizations, to meet other people doing different things. I mean, the one thing that you are learning, Maverick, is that your talents aren't limited. I mean, you may be in a certain field, but you will learn how to do so many things. You'll learn how to operate. And what you can do with our operations committee, with our membership committee, with our um, legislative committee, is to learn the things, learn policies and procedures that you will need in your own business. And you can take that experience and take what you learn from NABWIC and use that, if you will. So make this a good experience. Be a member of NABWIC. Become a part of a community of women who are growing. And we encourage young women and girls to choose construction, transportation, and housing as a career option when you're looking for something to do. It can be very rewarding. I hope I didn't go over my time. Mentioned, 
No, of course not, Miss Deborah. Because the first thing, as you already mentioned, you have to know the right people. And I learned quickly when I first became a member in NABWIC, Miss Deborah was one of the right people to engage with. So I just love you and thank you and um, can't wait to continue to work with you um, in the future. So, Miss Deborah, what would be one book that you would suggest um, our audience? or entrepreneurs are in this space, go out and read our article online because I know that you're heavily active in legislative uh, movements as well within NABWIC. So what is your one thing that you want us to focus on as members or read as members and also as a general public? Well, I think people who want to uh, be in charge of something, and we're first in charge of our own lives. So we need to be strong in ourselves. We need to set up our values. So I would say read books that help you develop value, value that you've taken from yourself to put into your company, to develop your mission, to develop your goals. And um, I follow several people, Anne Loves, Think and Grow Rich, which is one of the books I read as a, a young woman. Um, you can read uh, John Maxwell's books, uh, Oprah Winfrey, read the story of Michelle Obama and how women as well as men, because when I first came up, all of my um, leaders that were pushed up and heads of corporations were were men. I mean, I had a gentleman back at the um, first, one of the first jobs I had, he's going, oh, you need to read Lee Iacocca's, uh, what is it? headed to the top. I can't think of exactly what it was, but it was about how he ran the Chrysler Corporation. So these were people that you looked at out in the community, but now we have women like an Ann McNeil who has taken a non-traditional industry and shown women that you can be leaders. And you don't always have to be a construction worker out in the field. You can be an engineer. You can be a project manager. You can draw, you can take, you can be an architect. And these were things that were hard for women to get into. When I first started doing, uh, working with apprenticeship programs, we were encouraging women to go into the trades. And it was very difficult. A lot of men, black and white, didn't want women in the field. So to get to the point to where we are now, that we are actually leading the field, and that's an Earl Nightingale um, uh, speech. Lead the field. I think women now can get to that area. Yes, indeed. So again, thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. The show today has been full of great tips and great vocabulary words as in value and development and doing that government contracting work to make sure we are meeting the requirements are putting our businesses in the right position to be ready for the opportunity. So on that note, Seeking More, you know you can always find us every Wednesday morning, the same time, 8.30, on Navwick Talks Wednesdays. And if you want extra more, head over to Eventbrite or Navwick, www.navwick.org to register for our monthly leadership meeting training with Ms. Deborah Thompson, founder and CEO of DKT Consultant, Inc. 
Thank you again. May I say Have just a- one last thing? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. I just want to leave everyone with this. In this um, area that we are going through right now and in this environment with this COVID-19, think about your health. Be healthy. One of my things is to encourage women to take care of their bodies. And I am working on a program that talks about exercise and encourages women to keep active. So take care of your health. Be healthy out there. Do all of the things of the CDC guidelines. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. Take care of yourself and be healthy. Eat right, drink right, and exercise that body. We can get through this. We've gotten through worse. Yes, and what a great message to close out on. As always, this is Napwick Talks Wednesday. Thank you, Ms. Deborah. We'll see you again next Wednesday, same time. And if you want to link up with Ms. Deborah, you know how to find her, napwick.org. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.